Hello, and welcome to Bringing Education Home. I'm Herb. And I'm Christina. Together, we're bringing you ideas about education, entrepreneurship, and relationships that are both inside and outside the box. If you like the show, be sure to follow Christina on Facebook. And leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Today, we have the pleasure of working with Jamie Carlaccio. Um, Jamie is a master certified life coach, writer, writing consultant, and international public speaker. After spending about 25 years in academia as a scholar and professional uh, professor of writing and literature, Jamie left to pursue her spiritual calling. She attended Yale Divinity School, graduating in 2021 with a Master of Divinity degree. She coaches women who struggle with self-sabotaging behavior, who are reevaluating their career choices, and who want to develop the self-confidence to choose healthy, affirming personal relationships. She also coaches clients who want to use writing as a vehicle to express themselves more fully. And today, she is here to talk a little bit about how the education system is working and how it's not working with her son and some of the stuff that she is bringing home for her son on her own to help with, with what's lacking with, in the school system. Yeah, growth mindset in particular. Jamie, welcome. We are so glad you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about the subject. It's very important. It is very important. Yes, exactly. I'm, our children need a lot of support in lots of different ways. So as we kind of were talking a few minutes ago, um, we were talking about how the education system is working on helping our kids with growth mindset and working with our kids to help them kind of control their ideas about failure and progress and things like that. But we at home as parents need to do a little bit more. So tell us a little bit about the background. Where, how did you figure out that your son needed a little bit more support in this? Well, thanks for asking. Um, I feel like my son doesn't want to help, want help with his homework, even though he may need help. But he does need help with his emotional intelligence and his emotional quote unquote quotient. In other words, he often, like most people, he, my son is not unique, but a lot of kids feel like they have to have perfect every time or a setback comes and they get upset and they have a knee jerk reaction. Okay, this didn't work. I'm not good at it. Or I didn't get my way there. So I'm going to be mad or not recognizing their emotions, not even recognizing what emotion they're having and that it's okay to have an emotion. Mm -hmm. And so I find that while schools are probably familiar with Carol Dweck's research on mindset, I'm not sure how many of them actually do a lot with that because every time I've had a teacher parent conference, it's all about what their grades are. It's all about whether they're, you know, quiet in class and, oh, he sits in the front of the class and he collaborates and he cooperates, but we never really hear about all of those really important quote unquote soft skills. So I feel like it's my job as a parent, and it sort of seems natural that it would be my job to teach him how to recognize difficult emotions, accept that they're there, and then learn how to regulate them. I love that. That is so amazing and awesome because a lot of parents aren't even connecting with their kids sometimes to even realize that they're having that difficulty. You know, instead they're just like, oh, well, there's a problem, but you don't really realize that it's because they aren't handling their emotions the way they could be handling them. You know, I, I do sometimes remember being a young boy 
And um, <laughs> that 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 sense of wanting something to be right, that that perfection, um, mm-hmm. that is actually part of being a guy hitting that target. Mm-hmm. But the the emotional dysregulation might be a problem there. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I, I lived five miles from my school on a country road, and I would leave my house on my bicycle without touching the handlebars and ride all the way to school. And if at any point I touched my handlebars, that ride was a failure. I remember leaving school and coming all the way home and I had this rocky driveway and getting all the way to the, up to the driveway and had my, and falling over my last turn and just being destroyed because I was 50 feet from making a perfect run and, and being lost. But I also had, you know, at that time, it was like, oh, I got to do it again tomorrow. So that mm-hmm. sense of doing it again, getting better mm-hmm. the next time is, is part of what is being lost right now. Because it's like, oh, you've got this one test. Are you good enough? Yeah. Boom. yeah. What you just gave an example of is resilience, right? Yeah. So maybe, A, I hope, you know, I hope people won't count the fact that you went four and seven eighths miles without using the handlebars of failure, but also that you got up and you said, I'm going to do better next time, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and I was trying to tell my son, I've been reading the four agreements um, and Don Miguel Ruiz wrote it and it's about Toltec wisdom. And one of them is always do your best, but your best isn't the same every day. So if you're tired or you woke up kind of grumpy, your best is not going to be the same as the day that you woke up in a great mood because you were going to do something fun and you were looking forward to it. And again, that, that means that whatever that best is, say, okay, yeah, so I did the best I could with what I had today, but I can always try again tomorrow as opposed to, I don't want to do this anymore because I'm not good at it or you know, I, again, this, this, uh, the phrase I'm a failure or I failed at it. Those kinds of phrases are so common that we've internalized them. We've internalized that failure is, uh, I, I, I don't even like the word because if you try and you have a goal and you didn't meet your goal, the way you expected to meet your goal, doesn't mean you failed. It means you didn't meet your goal. And you can always try again tomorrow. And so I think with a failure mindset, that completely negates the growth mindset, of course. Oh, very well said. Exactly. Yeah. Being a teacher in a classroom, I was working with um, seven and eight-year-olds, my second graders and stuff. And so the the key word that really helped them a lot was the word yet. I can't do Mm -hmm. it yet. Or I haven't mastered that yet. And just that word yet was amazing how it could change their attitude towards something because it put them in that mind shift of, oh, I get to try again. Or, ooh, I might want to try again because I'm not there yet. So I really, really love that word. And it was like really big on my whiteboard up in the front of the classroom to help remind them. So with your son, what are a couple of the things that you do to help him kind of make those shifts or think about things a little bit differently? Well, the first thing I do is I talk to him, Mm -hmm. you know, that we actually have conversations about this. I think he gets tired of me sometimes, right? Then I stop talking to him about what's going on. And so when he's mad, for instance, or angry about something, I'll say, well, 
what are you feeling right now? I don't feel anything. <laughs> so it's like, well, you look like you're feeling anger and it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry at me. It's okay to just be angry and to feel it. And so I try to give him permission to have the emotions and to recognize them and to know they're not going to last forever. And so that's what emotional intelligence is. And that's how we learn to regulate our emotions. When we have knee-jerk responses to everything, and I, I am guilty of it as anybody having knee-jerk responses to stuff, you know, if I'm triggered about something and my son is the same way, then he isn't able to emotionally regulate. And then we have a conversation about what happened. So honestly, the teaching comes in open communication. That doesn't, that sounds like a revelation, <laughs> but it's probably what should be happening in the first place, which then leads me to say, we all need help developing better communication skills. Exactly. I can see that in so many students and families because the expectation is there, but it has never been like clearly expressed or it has never been clearly demonstrated at times. So um, it does say in your bio that the whole life coach part. So mm -hmm. when you're doing this, does your kid ever go, mom, quit coaching me? <laughs> like, no, that's yeah. your job. Don't do that to me. Is, does that well, come up at all? A little bit. Yeah. He, he knows exactly what I do and, and how, how, it, how long it took me to get to that place. And he also knows I was an educator for, you know, many, many years and I still feel like I am an educator, Absolutely. but yeah, he, he can, he, he does, but on some level, so it's kind of a double-edged thing. He kind of knows, Oh gosh, here she goes again. But the other side is, yeah, my mom knows something about this. She's learned. And, about it. She has the background mm -hmm. for it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I do try to impart um, things to him that I learn. And I also try to help him know that I'm not perfect and I need to learn them too. Because if he thinks I have it all down, he's always going to compare himself to me. Mm -hmm. right. And, you know, we want to model good behavior, but we don't necessarily want to expect our children to have some kind of ideal perfection in achieving it, whatever right. that means. Yeah. And put, you know, a lot of the learning comes from them watching you and how you handle your quote unquote failures, the things that we if you don't like, how you, how you handle your disappointments or how you feel not meeting your goal. So it's really super important that they're watching and learning and listening. And then if you can talk about it, it helps bring that full circle. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to mention, and this ties into, again, what your podcast is about, and that is learning and how schools have a very specific way of talking about learning. And it's about quantifiable measures, A, B, C, D. And so when we always think in the mindset of, I got an A, I got a B, I got a C, I got a D, we're not really cultivating the whole person. All we're saying is you didn't do well on math. And, and I'll be the first to admit that when my son has a grade that shouldn't be there because I know how intelligent he is, mm -hmm. I'll say that's not acceptable. But the reason the grade is there, and I tell him, I said, it's not because you can't do it. It's because you didn't feel like doing it. And or so I also try to help decouple his intelligence with the effort. 
Well, uh, part of the issue we're having with schools right now is they're not teaching children how to learn. They're teaching children how to take a test. So yes. the, the classroom setting isn't, oh, this is how to learn about stuff. I'm not teaching you something to get you excited to learn more. I am teaching you stuff so that you know how to answer stuff on a page. And yes. so the purpose of doing stuff is to reach an end goal. And mm -hmm. the purpose of learning is to grow your life and to become a better person, not to pass a test and get out of school. So part of, part of the problem with our school system is they're looking at life at an 18-year level instead of an education being a lifelong process. And so what you're doing is, you're, is you are supplementing what the, what the schools are missing by bringing the, trying to bring the love of learning and the understanding of learning back to your kid. Right, right. And the idea of all, we're always learning. Correct. We're never not learning. And as soon as we stop learning, I think we're just not growing. It's like a tree. If the tree doesn't keep budding and, you know, shedding leaves and then coming back again, it's a dead tree. Mm -hmm. And right. so, yeah, trying to instill the idea. In fact, I feel like I didn't learn that until college. It was college that taught me how to learn how to learn. And yes, there's a lot of regurgitation involved, but for whatever reason, I figured out early on that regurgitation was never, ever going to be my strong point. Yeah. I don't like math. If you make me regurgitate something, I won't, I won't pass the test. But if you teach me how to learn math, I will ace it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, you know, that love of learning, the wanting to learn more is so, so important with all of our kids and trying to help them get that, get to that point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that just gave me a really cool revelation. Um, I recently graduated from Being True to You, which is a psychedelic integration and spiritual um, assistance coaching. So oh. I, have a, I, I hurt my head. I got a lot of brain damage. And I had to do some entheogenic psychedelic medicine to, um, to recover from some of the stuff that was going on in my head. And through that process, um, I realized that that was a very large part of my life, even before I did the medicine. So I'm, I'm very much a spiritual coach my whole life. So I, I went into this coaching process. Um, in the test, when, when at, the, at the end of each thing, there was like a, a writing assignment at the end of each thing. And module each yeah. module and there were like groups of people that were getting together to try and figure out how to answer the questions and I sat there and I just read the questions and I just wrote them out and some of them I was like I argued with the question and I did not regurgitate a single thing I didn't try so the entire thing is just like I in a way it was like I somehow broke for free of this and it just like hey this is what I know about this and completely like stopped regurgitating and that that freed me up and it it made such a huge difference in the way i approached that and and i i mean they they just i passed the class with flying colors because oh, yeah. of that so <laughs> this coach who was reading the assignments and everything they, they changed some of the questions because it's like this question assumes that yeah. i did a bad job for three months before i got to this point it's like yeah. i didn't do a bad job for three months it's like this this situation wouldn't come up so mm -hmm. So that, that kind of a, so that kind of a getting away from trying to find the answer to, Hey, this is 
this just makes me think of this cool information. Right. And so the world went from here to here. Mm -hmm. Exactly. From trying to, trying to, yeah, fit in the answers to just, yeah, exactly. just open it up. Instead of repeating yeah. specific things, is like, well, no, I know I would do A, B, and C, you know, sharing the other side of it instead of just recurgitating answers. Like, no, I would do this with this information so yeah if we can get that information that's part of what we're doing with our school system uh -huh. is trying to get get that level of understanding of love of learning into the yeah. family into the children and into the parents as well so that they can grow together like that right i have to say school systems are are sometimes their hands are tied because they have to answer to standardized tests and they have to answer to district quotas and with the No Child Left Behind Act and Race to the Top, everything had to be quantified. How many students were at this level for their writing? How many were at this level for math? And so schools were judged on how well students did or didn't do on tests. And then they were either given funding or funding was taken away or the school was completely closed down. So teachers would have to figure out how to teach to the test. And the last, the last four or five years with that graded information on the students, mm -hmm. what they started doing is putting so many kids in the classroom and forcing the highest students to work with the lowest students. So that yeah. was bringing them all down. So mm -hmm. no kid left behind lowered mm -hmm. the bar. It didn't bring the lower kids up. Um, right. The, the result that they were hoping So for. Yeah, yeah, with the whole teaching to the test, bringing... Mm -hmm what you're doing with your son and bringing that, that growth mindset back into the home because it's not being taught in the school. They, they mention it, yeah. but then they have to teach to the test and that all goes away when you're mm -hmm. teaching an outcome. Right, yeah. And it's very hard to break out of that even as a parent because mm -hmm. I know what my child is gonna need to do to succeed in high school if he wants to get into a college. Right. And you know he does wanna go to college but so he's kind of tongue-tied in that respect. It's like, what am I going to do? I have to get this many years of a foreign language in, and I have to do this many things in this class. And so that's also a challenge because it inhibits his love for learning. Yeah. And so what he does at home, I never see him do his homework at home. He does things like create. Good. He creates things. He builds things with his hands and he doesn't get a kit. He actually goes outside and finds something or he takes things apart at home. Unfortunately, it gets very expensive. He'll cut up a favorite outfit and say, oh, I don't I don't have a jacket now. It's like, well, you just cut it up to make an outfit, you know, so he'll make costumes. He made his own bow yeah. as in bow and arrow yeah. uh, by going outside and finding the perfect size branch. Right and whittling it down. So he has the ability to do these really beautiful creative things that he can't do in school. Correct. And so I'm constantly saying, this is awesome. See how much you, you can do. You are so creative because when he brings home a grade from a class that isn't very good, I don't want him to think that he's a failure. Mm -hmm. I love Again, that. that yeah, that's so important because 
students really need that other outlet or they need that space where they're feeling more comfortable and wanting to create and wanting to learn and wanting to grow. And, you know, part of our discussion is how can schools move away from some of that testing stuff into some of that creative stuff again? And, you know, people are trying, but um, unfortunately in the public school system, I don't think it's going to happen because they have too much of an uphill battle. Yeah. The okay. what's coming out of academia from the high coming down doesn't necessarily have the kids best interest they're they're talking about stuff that really could be true could not be true but from our from from old people's point of view they're talking about stuff that's just not true and there's no reason for that to be done there when they should be teaching children how to balance a checkbook how to change a tire how to how to live life how to yes. be a person, be successful how to when they're out of school. <laughs> school. And so all they're doing is they're putting kids in this huge trauma-filled, unsupervised environment with mm-hmm. untrained yeah. people who, who get to run wild, the kids. And, and, and it's like that whole situation right now mm-hmm. is, is so weird and it's so propagandized and it's so, oh, this is just what we do that people mm-hmm. can't see outside of that anymore and so even when they know it's like this is letting our children down they still can't seem to grasp how to how to take that themselves and move forward with it so what kind of advice do you have because there's so many i mean what you're doing right now is is vastly more and important than what what so many parents are doing because they just don't know how, how do you get started so I think you have to find a happy medium. You, you do have to play the game with the grades because unfortunately that's going to get you possibly into college if that's where you want to go. You know, I think one thing, at least some of the parents of my son's friends are doing is one kid's going to a trade school. He doesn't want to go to a regular college. So why bother with high school where he's not happy? So he's in a trade school because that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Another one of my son's friends is going to a school where he can be an oceanographer. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to a school where he gets to study ocean life. Well, he's on, he's on Long Island Sound, so it's just the yeah. sound for now. But the point is, if we can offer students other outlets for their creativity, that will help probably establish a growth mindset. And the other thing is grades are not a measure of your success. And if we could burn that into everybody's brain, we would be successful. What matters is resilience. What matters is perseverance. What matters is a can-do attitude. Mm -hmm. So it's always getting back up after you missed the mark. Again, it's also having empathy and compassion for yourself as well as for others. You need to get schools that teach people how to be human again. Yeah, I love that. So how, how can we do that? Do you think that we can make those changes in the public education system? Or do you think that we need to start like we are Parents. creating new things outside of the education system and creating new environments and find out what works? And or do you think that we can we can actually make a difference in the school system? Well, it starts at home, like you've already been saying. But to be honest, parent teacher association, right? The parent teacher association has some power. 
And mm-hmm. so I think it starts with parents getting together and getting on the same page and then putting some pressure on the district and saying, we want some changes here. We want to see X, Y, and Z happening more in the schools. I've actually talked to the assistant principal at my son's school regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion because the people um, running my son's school aren't dealing with very sensitive topics such as race or you know violence, um, especially the thing that happened in Uvalde, Texas with the elementary school and things about like George Floyd. So those are things, if our children are emotionally capable and strong, they're going to be able to handle what's coming at them in society. But we have to put the pressure on the schools to do their job. And I do think it has to start with the parents moving outward. Mm-hmm. So we have to do it at home, but we do have to put the pressure on. Yeah, I love that. The balance between the parents taking responsibility because it is their child and their child's education and then helping mm-hmm. to kind of reform or remove or change the school to mm-hmm. give the kids what they need. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it needs to start at the local level and work its way up. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. I want to dip into a little bit because this is also a show about entrepreneurship and you mm-hmm. just recently made a big change. You left basically a career and have become mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. Can you give us maybe a little bit about how maybe the growth mindset or whatever kind of helped spur you to do that? What was your catalyst for that change? <laughs> That's a very good question and a good segue. Without a growth mindset and without emotional intelligence, I wouldn't be able to do it at all. Right. What happened is I, I was teaching for a long time. And since I teach writing, I had a lot of work to do because it takes a long time to comment on student writing yes, it because does. you want to be to help them grow as writers. And what I liked about teaching writing is nobody had to take a test. Mm-hmm. They got to write and I got to give them feedback so that they could revise. Mm-hmm. And so they got to share what they knew and you know, work it out in their heads. So even if they all had a topic that was the same, like I want you to write an argumentative paper on the value of stop and frisk, I did not ever get the same two papers. Right. So that was nice. But I also got kind of tired of, of grading a lot of papers. It was really exhausting. And I also heard a spiritual calling and it said, you need to go to divinity school. So I did that. And I was a chaplain and I, at one point thought I would be ordained and that didn't happen. And when I finished a residency at a hospital, a chaplain residency, my life just was open and it was sort of like, well, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. And life coaching came to me. And so I was able to take all of my teaching and professional development and mentoring and my chaplaincy experience and all of the other trainings I've had to work with people individually and in groups to develop confidence, right? And to develop a growth mindset. I mean, everything I do is all about teaching people how to go from this small, I don't matter kind of frame of mind to I get to build my life however I want and I can make boundaries and I can say no to that. And if I'm in a job I don't like, I can decide what career I want to focus on. And so I'm, I probably am the best example because 
it has not been easy. It hasn't been easy. I've had to learn how to be a marketer. I've had to learn what a brand is. I've had to learn how to cultivate a clientele and do all these things that people do naturally when they study business. But since I didn't study business, so consequently, I have ups and downs every day. But if I quit, I'd be completely, I, I wouldn't pay my bills. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking to you today. Uh-huh. Perfect. I love that because that's part, you know, like I said, part of the, of that growth mindset helps you keep going every single day, even through those ups and downs of being a new business owner or a new entrepreneur. Yeah. 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 So I'll say it isn't for the faint hearted. <laughs> nope. We, we've been having our knocks, our ups and downs as well, but we keep plugging forward every single day because we know that there's a reason we're doing what we're doing. There's a reason that we're trying to reach the people and help them grow or help their children grow and help our communities grow. And that's the thing. You're living into your purpose. Mm-hmm. And that's how it felt for me. I felt like I was living into my purpose. This was a calling. This is my vocation. And our vocation doesn't have to have a caller. Our vocation is what is the thing that we do that we feel really passionate about that serves other people mm-hmm. exactly. and is a force for good. Yeah. So when I hurt my head, um, it wasn't a one-time thing. It was a, it was a series. It was my whole life, man. I I've, I've played this instrument incredibly hard and I have, I have hurt every, every aspect of my head, every quadrant, every, brain, every, every part of my brain I have damaged. Um, got pretty, pretty beautiful pictures and the more pretty they are, the more devastating it actually is. So um, yeah. A lot of my emotional intelligence has has been broken. I've lost my um, emotional control circuitry. Um, so there's a lot of times where it's like, if I get mad, it's like, I don't stay mad for like 10 minutes or 10 breaths. I can stay mad for two or three days because mm-hmm. the stuff that turns it off doesn't necessarily work. Mm-hmm. So all of these emotional techniques and stuff that I've learned through my life, it's like, they're just like barely holding me together right now. And I can't possibly imagine what it would be like had I not actually been working on this for so long. So right, right. Um, it, it, it feels really weird going back as far as I have, because I, I really, it, it really took me back a long way. And, and that growth mindset does help me keep going because I know I can get better. But at the same time, going back as far as I have is really, really hurt in ways. So, so, and I forgot where I was going with this, but, but the, but the challenges of starting a business and all of the stuff that, that you're learning and it's like doing it, then (laughs) it's the example that our kids need because they need to be able to see that you can persevere. You can build your resilience. You can have that growth mindset. And even if you get like knocked crazy, you can Mm -hmm. still keep moving forward. You can still Mm -hmm. keep going, even if it's a lot harder than it used to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, I want to say one thing cuz this brings up something for me and that is you didn't do what you have to do without help and I have not done anything that I've done without help. If I didn't have mentors and I didn't have people holding out their hand when I fell down, I wouldn't be able to do what I did, what I've done. I've always had help along the way and the same thing with our children. If they don't have help, And if they can't help not only themselves, but each other, they aren't going to feel 
satisfied. Right. And so for, again, the teachers come in, the teachers are saying, you know what, it's okay. So you didn't do great on that test. Let's figure out a different way for you to succeed. Yeah. Exactly. Or, but it's all, but if I hadn't had the help I've got, I wouldn't, I wouldn't succeed at all. So you think coaching is kind of important, right? To <laughs> coaching for your business, um, education, yeah. coaching for your education. education. So live coaching, live coaching. To, to, so in any aspect that you actually want to improve, if to do it yourself, you have to be mm -hmm. able to read your label to be able to make changes, but you can't see your problem from inside of the problem. And you might not even know that that's what your problem is. So going outside to get a life coach, a teaching coach, that's all very helpful. And, and just, it's necessary because I, I, I totally could, I tried it for myself for years. And then when I got a coach, just the tremendous progress that I made so, so fast with what I've been doing, not, yes. not it did the, the learning didn't start with the coach, but the coach helped me realize what I had already accomplished and how far I had come. So, right. so when, when you start working with clients, it's like a lot of times it's like, they, they know what they need. You're just saying, Hey, look at what you've already done. And this yeah. is this really simple thing. And it, so it's just small changes that make yeah. such tremendous life improvements. So thank you for so, doing what you do. And thank you for coming and talking with us today. And I love this growth mindset, helping our kids, helping ourselves continuing mm -hmm. to forward. Can you tell us before we go, is there any speaking engagements coming up that you're going to be at? Is there a way to contact you? Of course, we'll have in the show notes, all of your links and everything, but go ahead and give us a quick rundown. of. And you also said that you, you work with women who, um, let, let me self-sabotage. Self-sabotaging. So if, if there are women who are, who feel, who have heard this and would like to work with you, how can they get a hold of you there as well? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. And since you have the show notes, um, you can just type my name in. I have an unusual name. So I doubt there's anybody with my first or last name spelling, Jamie Carlaccio. And I have a website. It's called empoweredlifecoaching.me. And I also offer everybody a 30-minute consultation free of charge. So I'm happy to meet with anyone and find out if that's what they want to do and if that's right for them. Perfect. And yeah. do you have any speaking engagements or anything coming up? I can't remember. Uh, I don't, not yet. I, I, I am looking for some and I'm looking for possibly in the spring. So I'm still working with some people on that, but nothing is set. All right. Wonderful. Well, Jamie, it was so awesome to talk to you. Thank you for giving us some insight into growth mindset and how to help our students and our young people learn and grow and move forward. Thank you for working on the coaching business that you do because it's helping Thank people. You. And we were so glad to spend time with you today. Yep. I really enjoyed talking with you. And also thank you for helping people become people again. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for what you do. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for being with us. Um, make sure that you like us and comment and let us know if we're doing a good job. All right, everybody, for bringing education home. This is Herb and Christina. Have a good day. <laughs>